Welcome to the Empathetic Marketer. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Doug Vaughn from SMA. Doug, it's really nice to have you on. Great to be here, Brad. I look forward to the conversation. Very excited. So tell me a bit about yourself, your company, and what you're up to. SMA Technologies is a workload automation company. We help IT departments eliminate manual tasks. That saves them time. It helps eliminate human error and really frees up their IT staff to focus on more strategic things. I've been here since April. I actually had the pleasure of consulting with the company for a few months prior to that when I was a fractional CMO, but we're in a growth stage right now. We're about a $30 million company growing between 15 and 20% and now looking at that next stage of growth. So that's really where our focus has been. That's awesome. As you guys are thinking about growth, one of the things you told me you're working on is kind of content, messaging, channels, all this stuff. How do you guys like plan that out? What is the research, analytics, like data discovery, all that stuff process look like as you're thinking about your strategy, your content, your channels, all that stuff? What I would say is we're looking at it all. We're rebuilding, if you will, transforming what marketing has contributed to SMA, really looking for marketing to deliver opportunities for the company. And historically, uh, marketing wasn't really looked at or held accountable to do that. So we're kind of starting at the base level, beginning with our website and then our always on paid search SEO, making sure that we have properly functioning website there. Building on top of that, our campaigns, building on top of that, events, trade shows, that type of thing. Content feeds it all. It's a fuel for our engine. So we're looking across the board at all functional areas and how do we continue to improve those? How do we get our messages geared towards sub-segments within our target? We have very clearly defined win zone that we go after. Our focus is really in financial services, kind of the mid-market of financial services. And so we have a lot of proprietary data that we've gathered over the years. We combine that with traditional sources of market research, as well as some very specialized data providers in the financial services sector. So that's part of what we've been doing over the last six months is really getting a much better understanding of our customers in the wind zone and sub-segments within those customers so we can tailor our message to the right people at the right time through the right channels. Uh, we, of course, then use all our marketing data that we pull off Google Analytics, whether it's HubSpot, whether it's Salesforce, integrate those into dashboards that allow us not only to have the data at our fingertips, but really use that data to drive insights and action that's going to continuously improve what we're doing. Absolutely. So you're rebuilding this marketing engine, and then you're creating content that's going to be the fuel for that engine. In that engine itself, I imagine a lot of different platforms, channels, however you define it, um, that are part of that. I think you just listed out a bunch of those. Are there any that you're especially optimistic about as we head into this next quarter, next year? could be LinkedIn, it could be YouTube, it could just be regular cold emails. Is there anything that is going to be a part of that engine that you're like, hey, this is really going to drive a lot of our growth? I think what we're finding is across each of the platforms, there's particular areas that particular content works well. So our real focus is aligning our content by the buyer journey and by persona. So we're building audiences on LinkedIn. We use email marketing. We use BDR outbound. We use digital, uh, really focusing on more of an account-based strategy around that. So we're using multi-channels to reach our audience. 
But what we're finding and what we're trying to get to is in our particular industry, in our particular business, with the personas that we're going after, what content works in what channel to ensure that we're getting the you know, right content, right people through the right channel at the right time. And that's really the trick. And I think that's been a learning process for us. As I said, we've kind of been on this journey for six plus months, getting continuous learning and adjusting our mix as a result of that. When we started it, we were pretty heavy as a company in paid search, and we really backed off of paid search and moved more to paid social, where you know you get your content in front of the right titles and the right companies. As I mentioned, moving really to an account-based strategy from a digital campaign standpoint. And then what we found recently is actually events. A lot of the shows and conferences have really paid off in terms of leads and qualified leads. I don't know if that's pent up demand from those events not being around over the last two years during the pandemic, but we found those very successful most recently. Nice. As you're building this revenue engine, what sorts of actionable items are you driving people to per channel? So so if you think about an event, are you doing that event more for like an awareness perspective to get people, you know, to the event, engage with the brand? And then are you running outbound on that with the people that attend and the sales team and all this? Or is it more inbound stuff that you're seeing after, you know, you do a lot of these activities and channels? Combination of inbound and outbound. But since you asked about shows, let me just kind of talk about that. So we do combine that through multi-channel. We don't look at our conference like a one-time thing. So the first question is, strategically, why are we going to be doing that show? And there are shows that we identify for new logos. There's shows that we identify just for relationship building with our partners. There's other shows that we really target from a user group standpoint for our existing customers. So the first step in that is really looking at why are you doing the show? So strategically, why are you doing it? So if I look at the ones that I've mentioned where we were seeing really good results, it's around new logos. And so we obviously identified those shows to get the word out about SMA uh, and to begin to help people understand how they can use automation in ways they haven't thought of in the past. And so in that type of an approach, we combine it with digital, we combine it with BDR outreach. So we're not only doing promotion before the show, during the show, but also after the show. And I think it's that combination of multi-channel that has made those shows deliver beyond what we're expecting, but it is a combination of those things and making sure that we're integrated. So our target customers are hearing consistent messaging that resonates with them. And it doesn't hurt to have uh, cool giveaways at the shows either. So we had a Minecraft sword that everybody at the show was looking for. We sold out of those, if you will, but trying to attract attention at the show. But if you don't go into a show or a conference really with objectives in mind and why you're doing it, chances of you hitting the goals you want to hit, probably not very high. So it's like got to be very intentional as we go into those shows, what we want to accomplish, how we're going to do that. And then at the back end of it, you can look at it and say, were we successful or not? Where were we successful? Where did we fall short? What did we learn from that? And then the next time, just have that continuous improvement. Absolutely. Yeah, let's touch on that BDR function. So it sounds like you're using, and correct me if I'm wrong, but are you using the BDR team to even drive show and event attendance, as well as demo requests and other stuff? Or is it mostly you know, more bottom funnel sign up for a demo? We use them multiple ways. So in this case, around the shows and that we are using them on outreach prior to the show, 
couple of cases. We got meetings set even before the show. Our BDR manager actually was at the show, so he can continue relationships that he connects with people at the show. And then following the show was a lot of the normal follow-up that would happen out of a show where prospective clients interested in a particular part of our software offering, or perhaps they're looking for a demo. So it can be different levels of interest, but that using the BDRs to follow up on those things, get the meeting set and make sure those connections we made are built into relationships with prospective clients. As you have this integrated approach, you have the BDR team, you have this whole engine running, what challenges are you seeing, you know, for the next quarter into the next year? And what's your approach to some of those? I know a lot of marketers out there are thinking about the economy changing and that's a challenge and strategy and all this. Any thoughts on any of that kind of from a high level? Yeah, so so the challenges on my mind and what we're thinking through might be different than others in your audience. You mentioned economic uncertainty. So I think for us, that actually plays to our advantage, given the solution that we do have, eliminating manual tasks, right, to free up resources to focus on more strategic things. So that actually plays well in an uncertain or a down environment. So that's an opportunity for us from a market standpoint. But I think just my challenge and what we wrestle with quarter to quarter is, as I said, we're building a marketing engine. We know what that needs to look like. And if I could, you know, make, wave my magic wand and have it be there today, that's what I'd want. So it's making sure that we're very intentional about the different capabilities we're adding, that we take time to learn from what we have put out in the market, what's working, what's not, and that continuous improvement. So our challenge is more from a priority standpoint, because there's no shortage of things that we're going to do, but it's a matter of having that roadmap and being very intentional how you do that. But you're not just putting in place a marketing engine, you're building it and it needs output as you're building it, right? So it's balancing that near-term operational goal that we're hitting with the mid and longer term capabilities that we want to bring to life. Absolutely. How do you prioritize that? Obviously, like you said, there's long-term initiatives and strategy, there's shorter term, there's things that take longer to implement and things that are shorter. And how do you figure out what to do first and what to maybe map out later on the priority map? Yeah, I get this crystal ball and I know. Uh, the uh, thing about prioritization, the most important thing is to do it. Throughout my history and my career, there's been companies that really don't prioritize and try to do too much. So really the conversation starts as our executive leadership team and making sure that we're focused in a way that we have clear priorities of what we're trying to achieve from a business standpoint, how that connects to where we're trying to get into a three to five year window, and then rolling that down into the, each of the functional areas, ultimately to the each employee's objectives for the quarter and making sure that as we go through that each quarter that we are focused on the highest value things. There's a lot of priorities, but we have to focus on the highest priorities are gonna deliver the most value to our customers, most value to the business. So it is constant, it's ongoing. Things don't stay static, so things change all the time, right? And so every time something changes, yeah, you gotta check your priorities, make sure that you have everybody that's focused on the highest value things. So I don't have a magic way to do it. It's just a matter of doing it and having that top of mind in a way that things remain aligned from company level objectives to every employee's set of objectives and they can see those connection points. From a high level kind of overall measurement ROI, what are things you're tracking in terms of marketing, in terms of what you're being measured on, activities, results, all that stuff? We track 
hundreds of things, individuals in their own individual job. But from a marketing standpoint, it's about revenue. And so our number one metric is opportunities that we create, sales opportunities that are directly contributed from marketing. And then looking at those through the pipeline to the point of revenue. So we look at both number of deals closed that were sourced from our marketing investments, as well as the dollar amount to that. And then so from opportunities, you can back up marketing qualified leads and leads and how quickly things are progressing in the funnel and things like that. We look at all of that, but at the end of the day, what we're measured on and what we're contributing to the company is opportunities. And so if that has been a little bit of a shift within SMA again, change management uh, is a key piece of what we're doing as we're transforming the marketing engine. Uh, but got to have clear focus on why you exist, right? And marketing exists to deliver sales opportunities. So clarity on that as the number one key metric that we look at has really helped make decisions on your day-to-day, how you use your time day-to-day on what tactics to use. Because at the end of the day, if we do a lot of great activities, but they don't result in you know building our pipeline, uh, we just haven't done our job. Absolutely. I think there's a, a famous quote out there, don't confuse effort uh, with results. Yeah, exactly. Any final advice, words of wisdom as we're wrapping up here for other marketers out there as they're kind of in similar positions and thinking about their strategy? One of the things I would say, and I get asked this many times by different people, but I think at the we didn't touch on it too much, but I think the integration of sales and marketing is critical. And it's not just a, we're coordinated and we're quote aligned. I mean, integrated with sales. So I'm connected to HIP with our chief revenue officer. You know, we're looking at things on a day-to-day, if not week-to-week basis uh, in terms of who we're going after, success we're having, how do we build on those successes? The goals I mentioned, all of that is aligned in a very tight plan, but step-by-step, being aligned with sales. I think, you know, throughout my career, I've been in marketing organizations where if that, you know, if that integration with sales is not there, it hurts the company and it becomes a little bit contentious. So open, transparent dialogue with your sales leader, chief revenue officer, whatever the title is, uh, is the number one relationship that you need to have within the company. And that's one thing at SMA, when I joined them, I was, I had the pleasure of knowing the chief revenue officer and saw he had very similar philosophy. So at this stage of my career, I wouldn't go into another job where you didn't have that relationship with the chief revenue officer and that you're both working together to achieve what's best for the company. So something that a lot of people talk about, but don't always do. So it's just reminder I'd say out there is if you think you have a, a good relationship with your chief revenue officer, make it better. Absolutely. And, and for those out there that are thinking, well, maybe I need to improve it. Any, any advice you'd have in terms of building a solid relationship from the start there? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's with all relationships, whether they're in business, personal or whatever, it really starts with having vulnerability based trust where you can trust one another on a personal level. Not like if I ask you to do this, you'll do it, but actually I can be vulnerable if things aren't going well. This, the chief revenue officer can be vulnerable to me. We can hold each other accountable and not take it personal. So I guess that relationship, it's at the core of that relationship. The other stuff will take place, but if unless you have that trust, you can't have that healthy debate, healthy conflict to get to a point where you're doing the best thing for the company. Absolutely. Well, on that note, Doug, this has been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for joining and sharing all your wisdom here today. 
been my pleasure. Thank you very much. Absolutely.